This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, Matt. While the big news, of course, was Micah Hyde returning to the field, more news with another player returning, maybe not moving the needle as much as Micah, but yeah. I think still very significant. Jamison Crowder, because of this team searching for more answers at wide receiver, searching more for more weapons. This is a player that broke his ankle early October in Baltimore, hasn't played since. They were counting on him to play a big role this season in the slot. His 21-day window also opened. He could also be back on the field in round two if the Bills get past the Dolphins. Is that what he got hurt? Was it in Baltimore? Yes. Okay. So I for, I for some reason thought it was in Miami, which would have been the week before that. So I guess we're I was only a week off. When Jamison Crowder signed with the Bills, there were a lot of people, myself included, who thought that he was the Cole Beasley replacement with even a little bit more upside than what Cole Beasley had when they ultimately decided to part ways with him. I think Jamison Crowder has been a really underrated player in this league Agreed. for a really long time. And I thought about this today, and we don't have to talk about this very much, but doesn't Jamison Crowder feel like a perfect guy to bring back next year just because you know he knows your system, he's been here, you're going to be able to get him cheap because he's coming off of an injury, and I still think that he's a player who's got some upside. Jamison Crowder, let me look it up. I think Jamison Crowder is only like 28 years old. Yeah, which, and he only signed for he signed for pretty minimal money, too. Yeah, it wasn't crazy. Jamison Crowder's 29 years old. Okay, so he's still on the right side of 30. Feels like Jamison Crowder has been in the league for like a decade, but he's still only 29 years old. So I do agree. I think that he's somebody who can make an impact. I think that he's somebody who there's not a ton of tape on because he only played a couple games with the Bills. And yeah, I, I just think that they've needed somebody who can move the sticks and they haven't been able to kind of get consistent production from any of the other options. Like there have been times when McKenzie has flashed Cole Beasley only has a couple catches since coming back. So I don't think they're going to lean on him a ton. It actually brings us to, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. One of the questions that we got for the podcast was which receivers are active sure. this weekend. And I know it's not going to be Jamison, but they're going to have some decisions to make, but they can elevate both. Cole and John Brown, and it doesn't cost them, right? Yeah, they still only get two players per week, but no player has a limit on the number of times they can be elevated. Okay. If you want to go schematically, I think John Brown would actually fit more because Miami's going to blitz and play a lot more man to man. Yeah. And that's really more what John Brown would fit in. However, because they do that, and because Josh Allen might have to get rid of the ball quick, that could fit into where you want from Cole Beasley. I don't know if I see both of them being elevated. I mean, Khalil Shakir, does it, if they did that, then I think Khalil Shakir is probably inactive. You also might want to just find somebody else along the roster to elevate. Even maybe that's an extra you know, safety looking at the, the practice squad because of the situation they have right there. Um, they have Jared Maiden now on the active roster. Um, looking, let's see. Well, Jamarcus Ingram is still at corner. You could do that if you want to have an extra defensive back. I don't know. Maybe they do. They do get two guys. Maybe that's what they do. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I think it's a little bit shocking. We have not said the name Tua yet. Right. We were were working our way back. I I, I never really thought, I I never thought it made sense that Tua was going to play. But I feel like in the back of my head, I was just kind of like, well, they've been so, you know, the concussions have been a problem really for the entire year. And then he's come back. So what would change now? Like, why wouldn't he play now? And if it's truly the the biggest surprise to me was that we found out on Wednesday that he wasn't going to play. I thought the Dolphins probably could have dragged this out a little bit longer and just kind of kept everybody on pins and needles. And then, you know, before the game said like, hey, he didn't clear concussion protocol. If it's truly like a, it doesn't matter what the medical say, we're looking out for him and we want to make sure that his long-term health is not impacted, then that's very commendable by Mike McDaniel and whoever's making that decision. And I give him credit because this is about more than one football game. This is about somebody's health. This is about somebody's livelihood. So if that's the case, then kudos to them for making the right smart decision. Yeah, this has been a really tough situation from the beginning with Tua because you really feel for his health and his situation, but also the dolphins put themselves in a situation back early in the season when they had the controversy about putting him back on the field. So I think you take all of that and you put it into this week. I don't think it's necessarily a surprise that this team, their doctors, whoever is already saying he's not going to play. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised even if they were to upset the bills, let's say if he just doesn't play again this year, I just, I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised given all of this because of the, even the optics of it. And I hate saying it that way. I really do because it's not about optics, but I think they come into play in some way here. So we know that two is not going to play. That was the big news out of South Florida. Mike McDaniel saying already ruled out. That was maybe the only surprise for me. I wasn't completely surprised if he didn't play like, okay, that was something that maybe it was going to happen. Maybe it wasn't. But Matt, to rule him out already this early in the week, that was the surprise to me. And now on top of that, Skylar Thompson preparing to start, not Teddy, although Teddy still has a chance with the dislocated pinky, he's got to work really hard. This really, really, really changes the Miami offense and their chances to beat the Bills. The line went from about nine. It's kind of been all over the place. The Bills were favored by nine this morning. And about a half an hour after the Tua news came out, it went up to 13. I believe it's now up to 13 and a half at most betting websites. So the Bills are favored by about two touchdowns. I'm going to keep saying this is not a foregone conclusion. The way that I'm hearing some people talk about this is driving me crazy because I remember the Bills losing to the Jets like two months ago when they were massive favorites. And everybody was like, how the heck did they lose that game? Sometimes weird things just happen. And if you want to come to me with like, well, Skylar Thompson's a third string quarterback. Yeah, he's a third string quarterback, but is he really any worse than Zach Wilson? Because Zach Wilson beat the Bills at one point this year. I am not suggesting that I think the Bills are going to lose this game. I am just saying that regardless of who is playing quarterback, the Dolphins have talented players who can change a game and that nobody should be completely overlooking them. I don't think that is the right approach for anybody to have going into this game. I understand being confident, 
But there's a difference between being confident and being delusional. The Bills can absolutely win this game big, but that doesn't mean you should go into this game expecting that they're going to. Miami is still a playoff team. You still have to make sure that you are prepared for every possible playmaker in a scenario that could happen during this game. No doubt. And they also have a, a defense that can make big plays. They're a defense you could score on. The Bills have done that. Yep. They're a defense that makes big plays. They will blitz. They will be aggressive. They can get to the quarterback. They can strip sack you. They can get some interceptions. The Bills will have opportunity against this Dolphins defense. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think the Miami Dolphins with Skylar Thompson or even Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback are going to say, Nobody gives us a chance. Let's just go out swinging. Let's do what we can. They're going to take shot after shot down the field if they can. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take shot after shot against the bills offense, meaning blitzing and trying to force big plays. And I think that's going to be their recipe. I, I don't think Mike McDaniel is going to be conservative here. I think he's going to say, no, Look, no one's counting us. No one's counting us in. We're, we're going to be here. We're going to play. We're going to give it our best shot in Buffalo. Yeah. And that could ultimately by doing that, it can blow things up if you're overly aggressive, but you have to know that you're going to, you're going down swinging. And I would appreciate that mindset. If that's the one that they're going to take the one thing I will say about Miami, they're not even just the quarterbacks. They're really banged up yep. their injury report. Now it is Wednesday. We'll see what it looks like on Friday, but some other notable people on the injury report, these guys did not practice. They're starting left tackle, Taron Armstead. And let me talk about him real quick. They say he's going to be working around the clock to be able to play against the bills. Matt, that tells me that he's even not going to be hundred percent, even if he does, and he's going to be stretching it to even try to play in this game. Brandon's uh, shell, their right tackle. So both of their tackles did not practice today. Their left guard, Liam Eikenberg. And I think he's been hurt for a while. Yep. He's going to, he's got a hand injury. Bradley Chubb did not practice with two injuries. He's got an ankle injury and a hand injury. And then Raheem Mostert had thumb surgery. So and that's a significant I, injury that we know of that they talked about. Although Mike McDaniel said, I wouldn't count him out. I mean, that's a, we, he also said it's significant thumb injury. Remember he really hurt the bills running the ball last time they played. Mm-hmm. But even if a running back is going to play with a thumb injury, that's a yeah. tough deal. Yeah. It would kind of, you would assume take him out of the passing game, right? Like how much are you going to do in the passing game with a broken thumb? And you'd have to really protect that ball. I don't know how much you can, you, know, you might have to concentrate a little bit more on that than maybe getting that extra yard or fighting for another yard. You know what I mean? Yeah. The interesting thing with Mostert is that going into the last game against the bills, excuse me, Jeff Wilson felt like the guy who was more worrisome from a bill standpoint. And then he didn't play but Moster did. And then in the first half, Moster just cooked them. And then in the second half, they were kind of able to contain him. So if there's no Moster, Jeff Wilson is still a capable player. He's still a, you know, a player who's got some really game changing speed, but to not have to deal with both of them would be a, a really big kind of benefit for the bills defense, especially if they're going to be going against Skylar Thompson, you can probably kind of pay more attention to the running backs than you normally would. You know, I'm not going to say that you can let Tyreek and Jalen Waddle just run freely or anything like that, but you could pay a little bit more attention to the running game than if it was Tua back there, throwing it to those guys and trying to uh, take the top off. That's right. I'm going to put my coaching hat on for a minute. And if I know it's Skylar Thompson, I do. Th- I think I, Believe it or not, I'm going to challenge him to throw it down the field to those guys. Say, look, we're just going to make sure you can't control the game on the ground, and we're going to challenge you to try and make those throws. And if I get beat once or twice, then I'll make an adjustment. But I'm going to bet that they can't make those throws and complete them down the field to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. What's going to happen, I think, is 
for the Dolphins, they're going to have to try to manufacture ways to get the ball to those guys. You know, it's not going to be the mm-hmm. Tua rhythmic timing passing game. That's what really he does so well, Matt. He is a rhythmic timing passer in an offense that they've really tailored and made for him perfectly. And I give Mike McDaniel a lot of credit for that too. Has been sensational in that offense this year. It's get the ball, <laughs> get the ball, take three steps, get the ball out. It's RPO game. The RPO game is pretty much lost without Tua. Teddy can do it a little bit, but Teddy's not Tua. Teddy's a, I like Teddy. He's a pocket quarterback. He's going to stand back there and scan the field a little bit and try and make some throws. If it is Teddy Bridgewater, you know, what do you think about him playing against the Bills and, and their chances? I think Teddy is a much more capable. I don't want to knock Skylar Thompson because he's still so young in his career. He might develop into something better, but like Teddy Bridgewater, I think is a, a fringe starter. You know what I mean? Like he's not somebody who, Oh yeah. Like that guy deserves to be a starter, but you could get away with starting a couple games with Teddy Bridgewater. I think if Teddy's in there, Miami hangs around for most of the game. I think the bills are the better team and they're able to pull away late and maybe Teddy makes a mistake or two, but I don't think Teddy's that kind of guy. Like I don't see Teddy making like a big catastrophic mistake that hurts his team. I just think that he's, you know, going to go out there. They call him Teddy covers. Cause a lot of times he covers and that's the 13 points right there. Like, that's why I think that he would make the game that much more interesting. I, I don't think he would mean like, Oh goodness, the bills need to be terrified, but I think that he would make it, you know, they're playing in the fourth quarter still and the game still is within striking distance for the dolphins. Yeah. I have always been a Teddy fan, but this is still, this is a, a big drop off considering what their offense is with Tua and without him. And again, I'll go back to, it's not because Tua is, an amazing quarterback. He's very good. He's had a really good year. It's because of how well he fits in the offense they want to run and what they can do to get the ball to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. So, well, let's, well, let's look at this like logically yeah. real quick. And like, so Skylar Thompson played against the jets. They scored nine points offensively. Okay. So the jets have a really good defense, but they only scored nine points the week before that they scored 21 points against the Patriots. That was Teddy for most of the game. Then he got hurt. And then Skylar Thompson came in and they both finished the game with a touchdown and an interception. So they put up 21 points against the Patriots. So it's not like they, you know, lit the world on fire. They were at least a little bit more effective. Those are the only two games since the Tua injury happened in the game against green Bay on Christmas day. Tua had the three interceptions. He was playing really well in the first half. Then he got hurt in the second half. So in their last two games with those two guys as their quarterbacks, Bridgewater and Thompson, they've scored 30 points in two games. So they're averaging 15 points a game. If you're the bills, you're probably, what is the number of points you feel like you need to score to know you're going to win the game? Mm, I don't want to be totally disrespectful to say 17, but if it's Skylar Thompson, I think 17 can do it. I think get to 20 and you should be fine. I I was going to say, get to like 24, get to 24, 27, just so you know, you're not like sweating it out. I feel, I I think if they can break 20, I feel good. If it's Skylar Thompson, if it's Teddy might have to get to 23, 24, you know what the game script for me kind of feels like for this game and not like they're the same style team. But the first game the Bills played against the Patriots, where I believe they won 24 to 10, but it never really feel like the felt like the game was in danger. It felt like the Bills were controlling the game. They weren't trying to press and do anything stupid. They didn't want to make a mistakes. I feel like that could be a similar game script if the Bills are going to win this game and, you know, move on to the next round. Like, don't 
press a ton because you know they're going to be trying to make those big game changing plays. Just take what they give you, take time off the clock and just make sure that you're opportunistic when you need to be. And I feel like that could be a successful recipe against the dolphins on Sunday. Bills dolphins Sunday in orchard park, 1 PM. That is the third game on this, what they call super wild card weekend. We'll talk about the rest of them here on it's always game day in Buffalo.